let us begin to look at this. It, it says in verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. And then he says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Now think about that. Now, when you look at the totality of the book of Ephesians, you see how God tells us what a healthy body looks like. It also tells us what a healthy person looks like. Because that person is called out in chapter 1, called by the Father, redeemed by the Son, sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And in chapter 2, that person is a, is a part of a family. You are, I am. That, that, that dividing wall has been brought down between the Jews and the Gentiles, but that dividing wall has also been brought down between us and God. That's in chapter 2. And in chapter 3, it tells us that we're a mystery. The world is never going to figure us out, uh, but in that mystery, we're going to be displaying to the world the manifold wisdom of God. That's what it's saying. That's health. Now, all of that is saying because I'm seated at the right hand of God. That's what it's telling me in chapter 1, 2, and 3. But now, when you begin chapter 4, 5, and 6, at the beginning of chapter 4, it tells you, now that I'm seated at the right hand of God, here is how I am to behave. Now, this is about conduct. And all through chapter 4, he begins to tell the body how to act as a team, how all the members are important. Now, he gets into chapter 5 and tells us about being a bride, and he gets into chapter 6 and he tells us about being soldiers. So what we have to do is take all of that in on this chapter 4. Because what he said in chapter 4, verse 20, you did not learn Christ like that. And because you didn't learn him like that, here's how you ought to behave. Because you've learned a person, a behavior, a conduct, a character that brings chemistry. That's who you are. And he continues to tell you that. And then he says, take off falsehood. He says, let no, no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. And then towards the end, he says, now look, I want you to let these things go. Because I want you to be able to show the world how real humanity looks. I want the world to be able to look at the church. I want the world to be able to look at you. I want the world to be able to see you and see what real mercy is. Because when people look at you, do they see mercy? When people look at you, do they see grace? When people look at you, do they see the love of God coming through you? Because here's what the writer is saying. Here are some things that hinder that coming forth. Here's some things when you look at, there's a long list of things that when this thing gets in motion, man, it begins to interrupt what we call the uh, heavenly frequency, the, 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 this network of neighborhood, the hood of neighbors hanging out together, covered by God. Because when this thing happens, man, it just deflects the character of Christ 
into all different pictures that are not good. Church, are you with me so far this morning? Amen. And I'm just reading two verses here. That's two. But in order for you to understand these two verses, there's some things we've got to do and we've got to look at it. Now, now, when you look at the word forgiveness, okay, it comes from some English words called forth giving. See, the word forth means to go forward in space and time, watch this, but to reveal and to show in doing. To reveal and to show in doing. Forth giving. Uh, it doesn't take long when I'm doing marriage counseling to find out that, man, by the time we get to that third issue, not only just the issue of communication, not only the issue of values, but the issue of what you would call conflict resolution. There is some unresolved conflict because somebody chose not to forgive, even of the worst of offenses. And Jesus is saying to you and I, when they look in on the church, is mercy and grace displayed? See, because I, I, I think he's going to show you when we look at some of these scriptures how you, if you're not careful, don't forgive. There's some things that are set in. And so even before we start, there's, you know, this morning as I begin to just put the final touches, as the Spirit just began to put the final touches on this message for me. See, the Hebrew writer in chapter 12, verse 15, says this. This is not even on the lesson. I just got this this morning. It says, see to it, watch this, that you do not miss the grace of God. Don't miss it. Because all of you have had things happen to you that you're still hanging on today. Some of the illnesses, uh, some of the uh, uh, weight, uh, uh, all kind of things, uh, our thinking, uh, all kind of things are happening because we still have things in us that we have not released even from our childhood. Doctors would even tell you that. And that these gases and these juices that come out in your heart and begin to release into your body, it has a lot to do with unforgiveness. There are people who can walk out of St. Solomon's if they realize that they were forgiven. Today they can walk out of them. Half of them can walk out. And so why does Jesus, through Paul, put this little thing in here? Okay. Now I'm, gonna, I'm going to actually give you the fine print up front. Some of you haven't even forgiven yourself. That's the fine print up front. It's one thing to forgive somebody else. It's one thing to hold on a lack of forgiveness. God hits you. You finally let it go. But that one little person that you still hold hostage is you. Is there anybody in church this morning? Yeah. I mean, we can broadcast this message on the last week outside. I'm pretty sure by the time I finish, there'll be people hovering around. Because even the unbelieving world knows about the disease of unforgiveness. So, so, so Paul is trying to say something to you and to 
And you must listen closely today. Because this message is for all of us. All of us. I don't know how many times I've had the pleasure of going on a Dr. Graham, Billy Graham's crusade and being behind the scenes with a guy by the name of Rath Bell who works closely with Dr. Graham. He's deceased and gone to glory. And he lives right here in the city of Bellevue, right out here, and he would take me with him. And we'd go into these prison cells. And we'd go into maximum security where the only time you would see somebody is their eyes would be through this little iron door. And there was a guy by the name of Jimmy Mamou who used to play with this well-known artist, you know. And he and I and his wife was on this crusade, and he went in there and held a young man's hand. And this, this man was tearing up. This guy was tearing up because, you know, he was talking about his past. And it's strange that parents are still the number one influences in family over everybody else. Number two are coaches. Number three are teachers. And when he held this guy's hand, this guy had still had bitterness in his heart towards dad. Hung on to it. So when that Hebrew writer says, see to it that you don't miss the grace of God. That young man did not receive the mercy and the grace at that moment that God had given him, even though his dad was wrong. It says, because when you miss the grace of God, guess what happened? A root of bitterness springs up. And it defiles. It can ruin a marriage. It can ruin a relationship. It can ruin a church. And so Paul is trying to get at us. Christian body, don't let this happen to you. Christian body, you're better than that. You didn't learn Christ like that. You didn't learn the love of Jesus Christ like that. Show yourself. Show forth in view. In passes and in times what it means to forgive. Church, are you with your brother so far? Had to kind of lay that down in order to get to the scripture. Now, as we look at this, I just want to say to you that forgiveness moves you from self-destruction to reconstruction so that you so that this new humanity can move forward in perfection that's why Paul put that at the end that's why the Holy Spirit said out of all of these things at the bottom let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth don't do with falsehood uh, you know be careful how you speak to one another be good neighbors because you're members of each other and right there at the bottom man don't let these things happen to you. Now, why is it important that we look at these things individually before we go to any cross-reference? Now, if you stay in that scripture and it says let, that basically means don't hinder and don't prevent this. Don't allow this to happen. Don't let bitterness, another Greek word for poison, it is pure poison. Man, it will poison your soul. It will poison your heart. It will poison your nervous system. Because when bitterness sets in, he says this. Don't let, and let all bitterness, watch this, and 
wrathfulmos. Fierceness, indignation, unbridled passion. That bitterness came from and begins to ignite wrath. I want to get him back. I want to get her back. And then all of a sudden, guess what happened? The anger sets in, and what you have is this violent passion. This violent passion to harm. And, 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 and this karma, uh, clamor comes in, which is this, this loud outburst. He's saying, Christian, stop it. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen inside of your system. Husband, don't let that happen against your wife. Wife, don't you let that happen against your husband. Parents, don't you let that happen against your kids. Children, don't let this thing in. Don't do it. Church members, don't let that happen to each other. It's amazing that somebody in the church hurts somebody else and the whole church gets blamed for it. That's a bad church over there. Because somebody hurt me personally. Yeah. And it's destroying the body of Christ. Killing it. Killing it. And then he says, and slander. Slander, this is what happened to my man Joseph in the 39th chapter of the book of Genesis when Potiphar's wife lied about him, misrepresented the guy, and accused him of sexual harassment, and he didn't do anything. So she began to slander his name. I get mad about what somebody did to me I'm not going to forgive him. I'm going to hold on. Even to the point is I'm going to say something real slightly bad about them. And I'm going to put that in somebody else. Stop it. Stop it. Even to the point where malice sets in. Malice. Y'all hearing that all this morning? I'm pretty sure none of you have ever done this, huh? Okay. Now, 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 now look. I mean, it gets better in the second verse, but you got to hear what the first verse is saying. <laughs> he says, and put away from you, uh, uh, along with all malice. Now, malice is this badness that goes into depravity. Oh, I'm not a deprived person. I'm not a manipulative person. But here's, here's, Here's what we're getting ready to read here in some cross-references that Jesus shared. There's nothing more beautiful that I watched growing up uh, to watch my children to be breastfed by their mom. Okay. And, 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 it, and man, that was personal to Vicky, you know. Now, one of the mistakes I made was holding my daughter the wrong way and she clammed onto my chest. I go, oh my goodness. How can the women bear this? Had to get her off of there. But, 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 but she was being nurtured by mom's milk. And it was, it was a great, and Vicky even wept when she couldn't do it anymore because they had grown up and been broken into solid food. And I give you that example for this reason. Look here, man. You can nurture unforgiveness. 
like a little baby nurtures on a mom's breast. And you can nurture it to the point where bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander, and malice sets in. Guess what? You can do that to yourself. You can beat yourself for doing something bad and hideous and wrong. And you can nurture it. Even you become bitter at the little girl. You're bitter at the little boy. You begin to slander her, slander him. Church, are you hearing me at all? Yes, amen. Okay. And what we don't understand is this. Forgiveness is not for the person we're forgiving. Forgiveness is for us. for us so that this poison won't continue it's for us so that you won't defile yourself so that you won't defy and, and, and deny the beauty about which God created you and the beauty about which he put the body of Christ together the beauty of how this new what you call humanity is supposed to act because how we have learned Christ say so Paul is saying, look, let it go. See, because sometimes we don't want to let it go because we want to punish. See, I don't want them to get what they deserve. God says, that's my business, not yours. See, because forgiveness does not justify what the person did. Forgiveness does not say that what they did was okay. Forgiveness releases you from this downfall. That's what it does. And sometimes you have to forgive recognizing that you just might lose. <laughs> How many mental conditions that we have in here in this room today because you've not even forgiven yourself? Because see, when they do all that surgery, they can't go down there and find forgiveness in your body or unforgiveness. <laughs> they can't. Because it's a spiritual thing. can only be removed by the spirit. Okay? I hope you've been encouraged. Because I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. By the time this message is over, there's some people you've got to forgive. But the main person that needs to be forgiven is you. Let that little girl live. Let that little boy breathe. Let him breathe. This is not true with you in the body of Christ. So, it, it, it was just important that you hear that. Now, let's check out the cross references because we're going to look at Matthew and we're going to look over here uh, at uh, Matthew uh, Six. Now watch this. I just, just want to get you some, 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 some foundation here. And forgive us our death as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now why in all the prayer that Jesus can give us as a model prayer. See, the, 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 our Father, that, that whole prayer, the Lord's Prayer, 
is a model prayer because it's a model for adoration. It's a model for confession. It's a model for thanksgiving. And it's a model for supplication. But that confession part, you're right here. Why did he stick forgiveness in there? Because he's saying, look, man, when you come to me, I not only want you to forgive yourself, but I also want you to forgive the people who hurt you. See, I want you to be released. That's why we say the Lord's Prayer. It is a model of all prayers. He stuck that in there, man, for a reason. Now, check out Luke. We're getting ready to go to Luke. And we're going to look at Luke 17, 3 and 4. Okay? Now, it says, be on guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and return to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive the man. Now notice the word repentance is applicable here. Now we're going to read in Matthew again about a guy by the name of Peter. You just got to, I tell you what, Peter is one of my most favorite characters because he reminds me of me. <laughs> okay. I mean, Peter walks, you know, with his foot in his mouth. Man, he's a one-legged dude, okay? Time you look up, Peter's doing something. He's aggressive. He's assertive, okay? But for as many times as a person, watch this, ask forgiveness. It doesn't say that. It says this for as many times they what? Repent and ask for forgiveness. Forgive him, even up to seven times. So he's talking about not God. Watch this. He's not talking about not God forgiving you. He's not talking about that. God's forgiving you. He's talking about man forgiving man. Now notice the difference in that. Now what we're getting ready to do, we're getting ready to look at this long story. Stay with me. If you're married, this has, man, this has to be the hallmark of Reconciliation. This has to be the hallmark of conflict resolution. Got to be it. Because if it's not, I tell you what, man, there's some brewing right now. There's a seed right now. If you don't deal with it, be gone. Because you thought it was just something today. No, this is something that's been brewing for a long time. Now, my wife and I have to constantly deal with that. Forty-one years of marriage, we're still dealing with it. Okay, because it's, it, it comes as an attack. So here's a long story that you get ready to see on scripture. And you're going to see how this thing displays itself in bitterness, in wrath, in clamor, in slander, and in malice. Jesus is getting ready to teach his disciples about the need for forgiveness. And he says this, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall I how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Now, Peter is going back to Amos 2, 6, where it says, I will not, okay, unpunish, but I will punish after three times. <laughs> so Peter is being generous. Watch this. 
He says, I'm not going to just say three times. But he says up to seven times. So he says, I'm going to be generous and add four more. <laughs> okay? Because Peter knows the Old Testament, but Jesus is the Old Testament. Okay? He understands that. And then he says something to Peter. He says, and Jesus said to him, I did not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. You got to see Peter going, what? Come on, Lord. Now, I know you, Jesus, and all that. You walk on water. But you mean to tell me that my brother can continue to beat me upside the head? What? Y'all have never done that before, have you? See, the number seven and the number ten means complete and universal. It wasn't about math. It was about divine, universal forgiveness. Seven times. Completeness times universal. Jesus is saying something. I don't know if you got that, but I did. And he says, hold on. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven uh, may be compared to a king who wished to settle an account with his slave. Settle the account. It's important that we settle accounts, folks. It's important that nothing be unreconciled. It doesn't mean that, 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 that somehow God is not going to deal with our crap. But let's not have these accounts out there unsettled. And, and, and then he moves on and he says, when he has begun to settle them, one who owed him some 10,000 talents. That referred to a million and some dollars back in those days. Okay. And, and, and then it moves on and it says, uh, was brought to him. But, but since he did not have the means to pay, that means this man was poverty stricken when it came to what he owed. Couldn't pay it. Couldn't pay it. All right. And, and, and then, uh, uh, but, but since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children, uh, all that he had, and, and, and repayment be made. In those days, slavery was a servant who came and paid off his debt to a family, and once that debt was paid, he was a slave to that family. Once that debt was paid, he was gone. This guy, no way in his lifetime could have paid that off. And then it says, and then it says, so the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me, I'll repay it. This guy repented. This guy says, give me mercy. This guy says, I can't do it. See, I want you to understand that forgiveness is showing mercy to somebody who deserves unforgiveness. Look at the next verse. And the Lord of the slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him of the debt. See, that's how it should work. There's something about that king, that Lord, who had compassion in his heart. And we're going to read about this in just a minute, okay? There's something about his heart who had mercy and kindness on this dude that said, you know what? Man, we're going to let it go. We're going to let it go. But the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves. This dude does opposite. Watch this. Who owned him a hundred denarii. Now, a million versus a few pounds. He owed a million. He was forgiveness. 
He's still going to find somebody that owe him a few pounds. Okay. He went out and found a fellow slave who owed him a hundred pounds, a hundred denarii, and he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, have patience with me, and I will repay. Just like he fell down before the king, this guy does the same thing to him. Same thing. But guess what happened? He seizes the God. Bitterness is in his heart. For whatever reason, I don't know. Wrath is in his heart. For whatever reason, I don't know. Clamor is in his heart. For whatever reason, I don't know. And malice and slander is there. Because what does he do, man? This guy tells him to have patience with me. But he was unwilling and went and threw him into prison, slandering this guy's name until he should pay back what was owed. Guess what happened, man? So when the fellow slaves saw what happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported it to the Lord, all that had happened. This is what happened when you don't forgive. God sees it. Then summoning him, the Lord said to him, you wicked slave. I want you to understand something. I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Did this man not plead with you too? Go ahead. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I have mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, said that here is an ungrateful, hard-hearted, unkind act. It's unkind. Okay? And he said, move with anger, hand him over to the, hand him over to the torturers. Until he should repay all that was owed him. Now how can you pay a million dollar debt back? <laughs> My heavenly father will also do the same to you. If each of you does not forgive his brother. Watch this. From your heart. It is not lip service. It's real. I've got to let it go. I have to let go. Because if I don't. getting ready to kind of land the, uh, the boat here in a little bit. But I'm going to ask you a question before we read this next verse. Can you be honest? I know I've had to. I, I read this thing uh, today, last night, flying back from Utah, just on the plane, just, you know, got in at about you know, 1.30, didn't get to bed till about 3 o'clock. 
and just sitting there contemplating who is in my heart that I'm holding hostage? What is in my heart that I'm holding hostage? And God's revealed some things to me that I got to go do. And the whole purpose is so that we can walk in health. The whole purpose is so that the process of holiness can continue. That's all it is. And you live in a world out there that is full of bitterness. All you have to do is cut on your latest newscast, depending upon which one you're listening to. They're saying this about this guy. They're saying that about this guy. They have made money just talking about it. Let's just tune in and listen to talk TV. And man, there are things going across the bow that is deadly. And there's no respect, all full of social media. I'm not a social media guy. Matter of fact, I'm thinking very seriously about getting rid of it totally. This is just another way of saying something to somebody and not being able to look them in the eye. It's cowardness. This is what it is. And the name of tweet and Facebook and some other book, younger book, I don't know. Body of Christ. Don't be that way. Husband, don't be like that to your wife. Wife, don't be like that to your husband. Parents, don't do that to your children. Don't let that bitterness receive the grace of God. Now watch this next verse to show you the beauty of it. Here it is. But be kind. See, the word kindness means useful. Be useful to that other person, even though they may have done something that was not useful to you. See, I've learned a long time ago. I may not agree with you. I may not like what you're doing. But I have no right to be unkind. It is the fruit of the Spirit. He says, be kind. To who? To one another. Sometimes we're more kind to our pets than we are to people. Well, be kind. He also be kind to one another. Now here's the key: tender-hearted. Now, what does tender-hearted mean? A heart that has been broken, a heart that is soft, a heart that understands both empathy and sympathy. Because that heart remembers something. It remembers that someone was kind to you. Are you with me at all? Someone was kind to you. That, 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 that this was born out of the kindness that God had to you. It, it says it's the kindness of God that moves a man to repentance. Not discipline, kindness. So he said, be kind. Learn how to be kind. Father, if you need to teach me anything, teach me how to be kind. 
because Jesus was kind to me. Father, you've been kind to me because I owed you that $150 million debt of which I could not pay. So when I hung my son on the cross and the father said, it pleased me to bruise him for your benefit. That was the greatest act of kindness ever given. Be kind. And then your heart. Tender hearted. Tender heartedness as we get ready to close here. Tender heartedness. I wanted to write this down. It's a, it's, it's a heart that is welled up with compassion. It is called the cardiac, tender, very long, and gentle in touch. The heart, forgiving, giving somebody favor that they don't deserve each other. And then he says, just as Christ has forgiven you. So then what do we learn today? We learn being as we bring this to others because of what we receive from Christ. The Christian attitude understands this. And it's as a result of the forgiveness of God. So then, as we begin to close chapter 4, this long laundry list, how did you learn Jesus when you ran into him? How did you learn him? How did you learn that person? When you look into his eyes, did you not see pools of infinite love? Did you not see holiness and forgiveness? Did you not see mercy and grace? And if that's the case, then you don't have to deal in falsehood. You don't have to lie to each other. You don't have to steal from each other. As a matter of fact, be careful. Don't let anger get set in. You know what else? Don't let some unwholesome word come out of your mouth. That's not edifying. You know what else? Let this bitter thing let this calamity go. Let this malice go. Let this slander, slander go. Let this wrath go. Because you are a new humanity. You know. Guess what? You know how do you deal with that? Just kill people with kindness. Just kill them with kindness. Okay? And the reason why you can kill them with kindness because you're not faking it because your heart has been made tender by Christ. And in that tenderness, you remember what he did for you. So as we get ready to take up our offering here, I'm going to ask you to do something. Okay? 
We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna close here. And I'm gonna leave the altar open now. You don't have to come up to the altar to do this. But some of you need to, because that's what he's telling you to do. Okay? I'm going to ask you to forfeit give, to spring forth in space and time and make in view your forgiveness. And I'm asking you to check your heart today. I'm asking you to release those people. Release those moments that happened a thousand years ago. Release that dad or that mom. Release the slander of somebody's name. Release it. Let it go. So that your perfection can progress. So that your holiness can move forward. So while we're taking up the offering, contemplate it. I'm going to have you stand after a little bit. You don't have to come up. But I tell you what, God did business with me this morning. Guess what? He wants to do business with you. This ain't about anybody else. This is about you. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you asked us to give just a little bit of what you've given us, that we get a chance to manage the rest. But you want us to give it, and we give it because you want us to. Second of all, because there are benefits. The benefits say this, I'll rebuke the devourer, I'll pour out a blessing more than you can even understand. So God, will you bless this offering today that we might use it to further your kingdom? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, you are a kind and tender-hearted person. You are. God has blessed you. You are. There's no question about that. You got love in your heart. You got all of that. But maybe there's just one little thing that <laughs> you've been holding on to that you got to let go that can begin to be poison to the rest of you. All I'm asking you to do is do what I did this morning. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. God, I got to release him, her, or whatever. That's all I'm asking you to do because Jesus did it for you. Let's stand. I'm going to sing the song. And then if you want to come to the altar to deal with that, that's up to you. You can stay right where you are. The matter. But we love you. God loves you. And we're all involved in this. Man, let's be this new humanity. Let's be what God is calling us to be. Let's go ahead.